that's why, dude, I got my real estate license, and like I said about no competition, that's why I'm not a realtor. Like, everybody's a realtor. You know, why would I want to just be another of 13,000 realtors in Austin or Texas, whatever? I want to be a realtor that knows about wholesaling, syndicating, commercial brokerage, owns properties, lends money, knows how to borrow hard money, has connections, all those things. Then you really differentiate yourself. That's the other thing is differentiate yourself. Find how you can be unique. This is The Real Estate Podcast, a show by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let's hear from our host, Matt Teifke and Alex Kaufman. Good morning, Alex. What's happening, buddy? Good morning. Welcome to the uh, Real Estate Podcast, The Real Estate Podcast. What a great name. How, how was your weekend? You went fishing? Yeah, right. bachelor party, went to Palacios, always looking at real estate while I'm doing that, but it was a good time. My buddy, Jeff, and um, went fishing drank some beers, had a good time, and um, yeah, it was a three-hour trip. I was looking at real estate, like self-storage and stuff like that down there. There's a lot of RV parks. I can't mm-hmm. I can't um, pass these up without thinking how nice it would be to have a RV park, mobile home park, you know, something where there's really low expenses. But good weekend, man. How about yourself? I went to... Uh a wedding, same thing. Um, real estate. This is in Pittsburgh, Texas. Um, small population, country town. So there's a lot of land and yeah. RV parks and stuff. What like about that. the uh, wedding venue real estate? What was that like? You ever the, thought about that? Yeah. So this was. So it's Cat's best friend, and they bought a house that was on like, you know, hundreds of acres. But they just bought the house. So their house is on, I guess they own the little. Just the spot around the house. Yeah. And so the there's a bunch of land where they raise longhorns and stuff around it. And so that's where the wedding was, was on that land. Okay. Just straight on the land. Was there like a, a, a venue for the after party or anything like that? Just all right there. Just on the land. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I've never done anything like that. It was. It was, was just partying outside on the grass. Pretty yeah, much. I mean, they had, you know, tents, um, like those big white tents. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. like, tables and chairs and oh, stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Underneath yeah. it. And I brought my PA and speakers, and uh, they had to hook those up to a generator. Um, everything was hooked up to a generator. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. At one point, the gate was open, and longhorns and donkeys and everything came and tried to crash the party. Wow. It was, it was pretty cool, though. Nice man. A lot of a lot of uh it was so Jess, Jessica, she is uh Mexican, so her her entire family was there and we had uh it's like a Mexican style wedding. So we had street tacos, everybody was drinking tequila and cervezas and I had like twenty Al Pastor tacos. <laughs> and uh there's a lot of dancing and they were they were partying. All night. Dude, that sounds really fun. It was fun. Really fun, yeah. Sounds kind of like us, so we were partying all night as well. I didn't sleep the first night. We stayed up the whole night with Aaron, and we went fishing. It was 3 a.m., we are like, well, they're going to be here in two hours. Might as well just stay up. Yeah, I, you know, I don't party. Yeah. And so by, like, 9 p.m., I was like, man, ready to go to bed. 
you know. <laughs> but my speakers and my PA was there, so I had to stay until to to. I didn't want to be the guy to shut. Yeah, the, you can't ruin the the shut, part of the fiesta. Shut the music off. So, dude, but I think I I think I overdosed on tacos, and then <laughs> and then the next morning we had more tacos, more same al pastor. Probably better leftover. Uh, well, it wasn't leftover. They just had so much meat. Started making it again. That's awesome. Yeah, making it again. And uh, but it felt good to to get back home. Like last night, got to bed early. Woke up at four thirty this morning. Back on back on the schedule. Yeah, I hear you, man. I I think I can only party for like one one day in a row. Two days is too much. Uh, yesterday we woke. I woke up at like five thirty. I was like, let's start cleaning and get out of here. Mm-hmm. But uh, same thing, man. Feels good. Back at it Monday morning. Um, I did a little work. It's you know that's what we always talk about is you can just stay on top of things off your phone. With you know depending on what you have going on with real estate on emails or whatever. Signed a contract that I sent you today. It's a pretty cool property in San Antonio that we might look to wholesale or buy ourselves. And um, just it's cool to have as we're uh, making this big push to larger commercial type deals. It's actually happening. I'm going to look at one in 30 minutes, and then we've got two apartments we're looking at tomorrow. This one that we just put under contract. We have the Hyde Park apartment complex. There's a deal in Lano that I've been negotiating on for a while. So pretty exciting, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will kind of tie into the uh, topic. So. We got uh, a while back. We had asked, you know, some uh, people to throw suggestions for topics for the real estate podcast. And uh, Blake Carter um, wanted to know what was it? How to? Uh, uh, how to get in a room? Uh, speaking to and getting in touch with large companies and high net worth individuals. Nice. And uh, this is kind of a side note, but I have to throw it out there, Blake. Um, he had it. He said yesterday was National Coming Out Day, and he posted a picture with him and his boyfriend, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, totally support that, you know. So, congrats, Blake, if you're listening. But yeah, so he uh, asked us how to get in the room with, I guess, high net worth or or maybe just you know power players, I guess you might call them, or people that are transacting or doing deals, and that's definitely a, a big aspect of real estate and can be extremely valuable and so well let's let's run it this way if you don't mind yeah it's kind of because that's what you this is what your your focus is mainly on not necessarily that specific thing but networking Mm -hmm. and uh you know um maybe it'd be good to kind of break it down and me ask you some questions about how you view it and yeah go ahead and i just want to point out like the first thing i thought of is like yeah that's great to go try to get in the room with these you know, higher up guys. But also the beauty of this business is that, you know, people can come up fast and you can make moves fast. And so I would say you would probably want to try to get in with people before they get there, you know, and you have to have a balance of both because not everyone's going to get there. But if you get in with the right people early, then you don't have to worry about that extra challenge. And now they're like, who are you? You've been here all along. That's why I'm big on talking to everybody. So fire away, though. Happy to to jump in. Well, something I just thought about is that uh, maybe when you're on the outside of being able to do that, 
you would view getting in the room with high net worth individuals uh, a certain way, but maybe when you're already in that room, you view it a different way. And so, um, like for example, uh, someone who you know doesn't do that frequently, and maybe that's a goal of theirs. Maybe they would view it as like uh, the benefits to it are you know learning, uh, maybe connections, um, you know learning what the secret sauce is or whatever, and maybe that is what is appealing. Um, but what would you say the benefit to it is um, from someone who, you know, does this daily mm. um, and is not looking on the outside? I think when you approach meetings or anything you do in life with not what's in it for me, but how can I help them, and at the same time, what's in it for you is just to learn. Like, no matter what, you just learn. And people really respect that because it seems to me like most of the time when someone's coming to to anybody, to me, to you, that they do want something, right? And that's okay to want something, but you almost have to just not make that very clear, right? Like what you want isn't important right now. And when people approach something like that and they're adding value for you and they just like, let me help, 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 you know, how can I plug in? And they don't ask for anything. I think it really throws people off and they're like, wow, this guy's really like doing something. Now I kind of feel obligated to want to help him, you know, and, and people don't realize that. But the way I look at it, man, is just getting in it, plugging in and it, everything leads to more growth. Like the more people that you meet that are millionaires, the more millionaires they're going to introduce you to. And it's a super long game. Um, the value I found is that you, I have people that I can call, that I can text, that I can get advice from on the fly, and also people that I can partner with. That's what I love about this business is we could go find a deal. We could essentially find any size deal that we want and find a partner because we built those relationships. And um, like, you know, the guy that had the property in Cedar Park or Terry Mitchell or whatever, those are big time developers. So there's pretty much nothing that those guys couldn't figure out or point us in the right direction on. So we could go put a, you know, if we, if we found a property downtown Austin, we could put it under contract and actually figure out how to develop it. That's really cool. Cause not a lot of people have that ability. Um, and that relationship allows you to do that. Like if we didn't have that relationship, then maybe we would just have to wholesale it to them if they would even answer our calls. Right. But now that they like us and they, they see value, then they'll find a way to work us into the deal. So I think it's um, not always you can see all the benefits when you're doing these meetings. But for me, it's fun. Uh, I like to learn. I like to add value. I like to be in the room with people that are uh, way more experienced. That's what I've always done. And uh, just keep my head down. And then there's a lot of unknowns. That's what I like about it is like it's always something new and exciting right around the corner, you know. And then maybe at the same time, you know, these guys kind of know what we do, then maybe they'll call us for something. I'm sure that will happen. Uh, the more we stay in front of them and let them know what we have going on. And then when they start calling us for stuff, then we start getting a little more leverage on our end too. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, uh, maybe, you know, high net worth individuals shouldn't be the goal. Uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, it can be good. It's well, th hear, hear me out. So like, uh, 
you know, what does it matter? Um, like, let's just say Robert Culver, for example, mm-hmm. uh, been in remodeling, maintenance, construction his entire life, right? Uh, whether he's got $5 in the bank or $50 million in the bank, uh, it doesn't affect his construction knowledge. Yeah. Right? So why would why would the high net worth matter? Well, they just have the ability to pull things off. But if the goal is, who's to say, he, you know, you can't pull something off with... Um, in that specific arena. Uh, yeah, no, it d- yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it depends. There's a lot of variables, but yeah, hundred percent. Like just because it's someone has money doesn't mean that they have, like, I think what it comes down to is what value do they have? Mm-hmm. A lot of times people that do have a high net worth do have a lot of value. A lot of times they probably don't, you know, but that's a good point is that that's the core of all of it is like, we could have no money in the bank, but if we have a lot of knowledge and value and we find deals and we know how to analyze and we have a buyer's list, that's as valuable as anything, right? And so you have to create value for yourself and you can do that in all aspects of life. Like just being, just reading books and understanding things, um, having a network, having properties, like whatever it is, like if you can have certain things that you can fall back on that, that bring value and insight and knowledge, like that's extremely valuable, right? Well, I, mean, I just think uh, that us, for an example, like we're not, you know, high, high net worth, you know, 10, 20, $30 million guys, but we are good people to get in the room with. It's yeah. A perfect example. Well, and I just think it may be the wrong approach to say, I'm only going to go after, you know, high net worth people to, to get in a, a to get a meeting with. Like uh, another thing I just thought of was, uh, you know, a monk uh, may not have a high net worth. Right. But they may have, you know, more spiritual and may even, you know, uh, life knowledge than a lot of people. And like, I just think that maybe it's the wrong approach to uh, go after the dollar signs, but more like you're saying, go after the person, the knowledge and the value that someone can bring regardless of how much money is in the bank account. Yeah, I agree. And it comes down to what what are you um, trying to get out of it? Like if you're trying to go raise capital for syndication deals, then sure, just go meet as many high worth net worth people as you want, if that's all you're doing. But if you're trying to syndicate and find deals and find managers and find lenders and all this stuff, like there's a lot of value in um, just knowing the right people and getting out there and having those meetings and not just getting in the room with someone who's retired and has $20 million. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and um, well, let's talk about your journey because, uh, like Terry Mitchell, for example. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna try and pull something up while we're talking. Go ahead. Because I, I I wonder if I can see my Facebook messages to him. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on was uh, the journey and the approach that you've taken to uh, meet people that you really want to learn from and and build a relationship with. Kind of what's that? What that has entailed? How long um, that has you know been going on for? Where you're even at in that process? Where you'd like to be in that process? Uh, because I don't think it's a simple answer of you know do steps one, two, and three, and then uh, you'll be there. Yeah. No. And it you can like so I started. I was sending this huge message. Another one. He responds a little bit. I keep following up. He hits me up. A little bit every time and then all of a sudden he goes silent right and he goes boom 
boom. Just all these messages. There's where he went. Wait, he went silent on one of these. But um, there it is. Like, just me reaching out and it was persistence. Since 2017. At least on there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's about right. It's two years after being at Edge. Um, I think one of the biggest things that, that I've been thinking about is, like, it all comes down to, to being disciplined. Like, this one guy at A&M, they said, what's the secret to success? And he said, discipline. Discipline equals freedom. Yeah, and so with Terry, I mean, it was um, a lot of messages. There was a lot more with Cord Shiflet. That was the guy who really didn't respond, but I got a meeting with him. Um, and no, nobody does that. Nobody, nobody, you know, if you reach out to someone, you send one, maybe two, maybe three. I send as many as it takes, no matter what. Like, I mean, it's, it's going to lead to an, you know, F off or whatever it is, but I'm going to get an answer and not like my, one of my biggest pet peeves. And, and I think it came from, uh, me learning on my own and being on the opposite side of this is. Uh, I can't get a hold of them. It's like, what do you mean you can't get a hold of them? I when mean, you get an answer, just someone on, just says, on anything. And that came with when I was at Edge because it was hard for me to get a hold of people. And they're like, "What's the story?" It's like, I can't get a hold of them. Like, how many times did you call? It's like three. Like, you should call fifty. You know. And so, can't get a hold of them is like the worst. I mean, sometimes that's gonna happen, but if you really stick through it, like if there's somebody that's doing business where you're at and they're active, like and you contact them 10 times a day, you're going to get a whole, you're going to get something. Contact the secretary, call, call the, uh, <clears throat> call the extension next to his and be like, Oh, sorry, wrong extension. Did you show up at his office? Through? Did you send yeah. a mailer? Did you leave a note at his house? Like can't get a hold of him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that, but I'm saying that now because I was in that spot where I had that excuse and you got to power through it and that consistency is key so go back go back to uh your process um and your thought process because i mean this is also a you know somewhat of a pet peeve to you when people um you know 100 people reach out to you every day Mm -hmm. and uh maybe don't approach it in the right way to where it's received well by you Mm -hmm. um Touch on your process of how you approach. Try and dive as deep as you can into how you approach, you know, building out your network. Well, what, the way it first started was, um, you know, Facebook was a big part of it. I was on all these Facebook groups, and I would literally just message every person I could, like literally everybody. Um, you know, you know all these people's names in Austin, and um, I, I would see them post, and I would get, I would reach out, like, everybody every single person and that was for like three or three years three or four years and i would message them i would take them to coffee i would learn about what they're doing i'd introduce myself and just took the shotgun approach up front like let me just get in front of every single person i possibly can and then over time you start to kind of define it a little bit like because it leads to referrals or like you meet this guy he's like you need to go talk to this guy let me introduce you to this guy boom 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 and it starts to really narrow in on like people that are actually doing deals because the ones that you're meeting that are going to introduce you to the other people, ideally, if you bring value and, and are doing stuff, they want to introduce you to someone else who's doing the same. 
And so that was the first approach. And then it kind of snowballed into introductions to other people. You know, you, you get a meeting with Terry Mitchell. Then he introduces you to his banker, his lender. Elon Musk. <laughs> Maybe Elon Musk one day. And then those bankers know other hustlers. And I would just say, hey, all I'm trying to do is introduce myself. I'd love to hear about what you have going on. Um, if there's ways that I can help, please let me know. Like, for real, let me know. And then at the same time, I was confident in what I was doing that I had enough going on where it was uh, impressive to other people and exciting to other people as well. So they enjoyed it. And then I was able to be a resource for them in some way. And then now it's kind of turned into um, people reaching out to me. And then on the other side, like on the high level, um, it's very pinpointed to where I'm actually getting in the room with people that sold their company for a hundred million dollars. And then I'm going, I'm meeting them again this week. Those two guys that I was talking about. And it's like, well, you know, who are those guys going to connect me with? And so then it starts getting really, really exciting uh, because it's a, it's a path that you can't even really get to on Facebook. You have to get to it through other people in some ways, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could get there, but you wouldn't really know how to, like, I don't know who they're going to introduce me to, but whoever it is, is not somebody I would have just found on my own. Right. Right. So it's really exciting, man. And you just start filling up the phone book, you know? And I, I mean, for a long time, I, I really used to like once a week or once every two weeks, I would literally go through every, every, uh, number in my phone book. And every email, I would go to my email and I would type in A, all the A's would pop up. I would type in B, all the B's would pop up. And I would send emails, texts, uh, calls to every person. Like, hey, here's our latest video, just saying hi, anything you need help with? Every, every single person. And you did that for four years and all of a sudden, like, you get credibility because people have seen you enough, they know what you're doing. And then things start happening from that angle. So it was a it was a shotgun approach, if that makes sense. And it still kind of is. I still do it. Like I see this girl, Latasha Green, on Facebook. I go meet with her for coffee last weekend. And I'm like, you got to talk to Doreen. I set her up with Doreen. You know, and it's um, just kind of connecting and seeing where it goes. It's really exciting. So, I mean, what advice would you give someone who is uh <clears throat> trying to do that yeah i mean because it, it started it, with value right like that's I, what I mean i already had when i was doing that i already had a lot of experience i'd been a realtor i got my master's i was working at a commercial brokerage like i've seen a lot of aspects of real estate which is really cool um i don't think a lot of people have had the kind of experiences that i've had like most people are doing one thing like residential sales commercial sales like i feel like i i can like show people a lot because i've very few commercial brokers know about residential wholesaling very few wholesalers know about syndications all these kind of things and i do know a lot about all of them i'm in this world where i've I've really i've really seen a lot of it and i've intentionally done that started from the very beginning. Like I want to learn leasing and then I want to get my master's degree. I mean, very few people that have their master's degree know how to do residential leasing. 
And so there's always like I've tried to have as much value as I possibly can to that way when I go into a conversation, I can kind of shift it and gravitate towards what I think they might find valuable. Maybe it's a commercial broker and they, they're leasing their house and they, they want to buy a couple investment properties. I can help them. Maybe it's a residential broker that wants to get into a commercial. I can help them. So find out the value that you can provide. Yep. Create the value. Create your own value that you can provide to people. And the more exciting and the more passionate, the more exciting it is and the more passionate you are about that, the better that you're going to be at it. And it's going to, it's going to translate. They're going to be like, wow, this guy like really, I don't know about you, man, but when I see somebody who like really cares about anything, I freaking love it. Like, even if it's, even if it's uh, Pokemon cards, like if they like actually care and they like study it and know it and they're passionate, I'm like, I want to listen like this. I love that you feel so strong about this. I love it. Whatever it, it could be, plants, soil, you know, sound systems, whatever. Like, I think that's the coolest thing ever. So if you can become that person on at what you want to do, then people are going to be, want to be around that and hear that and help you. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, do you think it's a common misconception that, um, it's as easy as you know, maybe it's not because someone asked us to touch on this. It's obviously not. They don't know the answer. They wouldn't ask us to to touch on it. But do you think that the majority just reach out and say, hey, Matt, you know, can I, can I, you know, let's go get coffee or, uh, and then once you're in that meeting, um, there's no strategy. There's no, uh, definitely hundred percent. And I think, and so maybe you're able to get that meeting, right? Uh, maybe you were able to, you know, go through all the gatekeepers and follow up for months. But then when you're in the meeting, um, this is your chance to not blow it, to make a good impression, right? Yeah, it's true, man. And um, I think, like, I've gravitated towards what I do because I've seen opportunities. And I don't think that a lot of people go into these meetings with the mindset that I have. I really think they're doing what you said and they're they're just going to meetings. So that to me, like that's how I can really differentiate myself. I don't think many people are doing the way I'm doing. And so I love no competition. Right? <laughs> yeah. Blue ocean. Like who's who's do, who's doing who's going to meetings like this and just knows that like a little bit about every aspect and really just connecting and pointing in the right direction. Everyone else is like showing up and they're like all right, man, how can we mastermind? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? Mastermind. How can we mastermind? Let's mastermind on the freaking phone for two minutes and give you some direction. Like, if I did that meeting and I did that to anybody that I, you know, want to add value for, I would lose all credibility. Like, what value? How can we master? That, that's like a common thing. Um, and so I started to get to this point, like, Hey, it's a common thing to go to meetings and say, let's mastermind common thing for me. People say that to people reaching out. Cause I, now I'm saying, Hey, what do you want to meet about? Like, just kind of want to mastermind. What does that mean? (laughs) They want (laughs) to, they want to, they want me to, I think what it means is they want me to help them. They want me to decide and give them all the advice I can and, and just share my brain and not give me anything in return. They say, hey, let's mastermind. I've had that happen multiple times. And I, because I started like, I would set up all these meetings because I would take every meeting. I've, I've said this before, but 
I'm meeting with the biggest developer in Austin and I'm meeting with a high school kid. Like I, I've met with this high school kid once a year for five years now. He's in college now. Um, he's a, I think, uh, he, I think he's just getting his license. He's going to join us. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody does that. You know, I met him and his dad when he was in high school and I was giving him advice on whether to go to college or not. And I was 23, you know, and, uh, where was I going with that? Mastermind. Oh, well, so now people are reaching out to me and I'm, my point was I was taking every meeting I could get. Now I'm trying to be more selective and say, Hey, go, go check out our YouTube or go fill out this form first and then go do this and then let's talk. And, um, but I would, I'm in the, I'm at the tail end of this process now, like a month ago, I was still going to all these meetings. And then I was started to call and say, Hey, what, what are we, what are we meeting about? Is there something we could talk about right now? I just want to mastermind. And they'd be like, I don't know. Just that's what, that's what they told me. And, and like, not everyone said that, but that's what, that's that mindset that a lot of people have. But what does that mean? If you were to say, I want to mastermind <clears throat> in different words. It means you want to like put all your ideas on paper and, and, uh, <laughs> see how you can help somebody. Like, uh, I'm confused though. Yeah. I don't think that's the thing. Uh, like you say, I just want to mastermind, uh, <laughs> I'm they telling want, you, they want like, you to put they want, your they want they want to they want to take my mind. That's what they want. That's the reality. They want me to write down everything I know on paper and give them advice. Well, why don't you just say that though? Why don't they say that? Yeah, because they they don't even know how to, they don't even know what they want. Like these are people. And this is what a lot of people do. They just they don't. They're just trying to act like they're like in it. They're not really in it. They didn't wake up in the morning and make offers and cold call and stay up last night thinking about it. They just like, you know, masterminding. They're masterminding all day. Yeah, well, that's a common thing that a lot of people do in these these meetings. Um, and so I'm trying to be different with it. And so what's your what's your approach now? It's like, hey, do this, 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 and then we can talk. Or what are we even talking about? Well, or? I told I tell them I'm pr- I'm I'm actually I think I'm really good at like being real, but doing it in a nice way because I'm I, I'm cognizant of not trying to hurt someone's feelings about it. And I'm like, Hey man, like I told him, I was like, I don't sounds like, and I was like, cause I asked him, I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I just want to like brainstorm and like throw some ideas around and see what can work and what can't work. And just trying to mastermind. And I'm like, look, the reality is it sounds like you don't know what you want. I'm ha- more than happy to help any way I can, but you have to have something specific. And if you can kind of like step back and think specifically, what are you asking or what are you wanting to do? Then I'll, then I'll help you out. But we can't just, you know, not have any kind of clear objective. Time's valuable, right? Trying to make money, trying to do deals. I'm not really trying to mastermind. Have you heard back from that person? I haven't heard back from him. And that's common. I mean, it's really like, I think it's like, maybe it's 80, 20, man. Maybe it's 80, 20, like 80% of people think that they want to go do something, but they don't. So has the, has the, uh, the name mastermind been ruined now? Yeah, probably, probably so. Probably so. And then I'm meeting with these hundred million dollar guys that sold their company and they're like, let's do a mind map. I'm like, Oh God, this is like a mastermind. (laughs) (laughs) But that was pretty cool. Mind map is like, I, Maybe it's a tech term, I don't know, but we we detailed out every aspect of real estate and trying to pinpoint where we see opportunity. 
Well, it's different when uh, you're receiving some value from it. Like, I'm sure you'd be happy to mastermind all day long when uh, you're learning something new that you don't know about. And Yeah, and, and it's so simple, dude. Like, somebody could just say, like, hey, I've got, like, two or three real estate agents that I think uh, I wrote them down. I've been following them. I got some details on them that I think you should reach out to. I've got a property that, you know, I know somebody has it that you could manage. And then let's mastermind, too. That's a little bit more appealing. It's just the reality of it, right? It's it's uh, you gotta you can't be all take and you, ideally you come into a meeting and give value. I was lucky with with the meetings that I'm going to is that I already know I can provide value. I already have it. It's already all here with everything I've been building, so I don't have to go, you know, research it beforehand all the time. I can just get it done after the meeting because I already know it's already in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the quickest way to not get into a room with high net worth individuals is tell them you want to mastermind. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as like, I want to network, right? I just want to net. What do we mean? I just want to network. It's the same kind of concept. Yeah. Doesn't bother. It, I'm, I'm, I was struggling with it for a while, but I'm, I'm good now. I have a good plan. I mean, if people are serious, what I've realized is like the people that I want to be around are the people that are consistent and, um, you know, continue to reach, reach out. Like that's what I was doing. So I'm not going to do this, but I feel like I could just ignore the first three or four messages. And if they keep doing it, they're probably pretty serious. Probably a good plan. Well, I love it. Cause you know, every, every time I talk about how I don't like business development is because the majority of the meetings that I did go to, uh, and it's, you know, definitely just my attitude and my perspective. And, uh, but it was the whole just networking to network thing. It's just like, this is dumb. Yeah. Why are we networking to network? Well, it's if, if you have value and the other person has value and then you're doing it together, that's great because you can figure stuff out. But if it's lopsided, it's just, it's not a win-win. Yeah. Well, any, uh, what's the tip of the day for, um, I, I mean, my theme that I've, thinking about is back to the whole discipline is the key to success and creating value of yourself like what value do you have I mean it could be anything but it's not going to come from not doing anything so maybe maybe your value is you know round rock like the back of your hand maybe your value is you um, have researched every realtor in town and you've taken notes on whatever it is like create as many of those as you possibly can and when you have that then you have something to offer to people that's the reality that I that I see of it is um, creating that network by by bringing them real value. Like what what real value? I mean, let me ask you. Like, do you when when I say that, like, are there things that you're doing? I, I know there are, but what are they every day to create your own value? Like, what are you doing that? It's probably a hundred things, right? Even as simple as like working out and staying in shape. That's a value you bring yourself to feel good about yourself. But, you know, working through a potential development deal through the city of Taylor, that's a value you have. Now you understand that's one. Another value is whatever it may be. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, are there things that you're, my, my value that I'm trying to build is a crazy strong network of people that um, have my back, that I have their back, and we grow together. That's one of those things. Um, the other thing is um, finding really, really good off-market commercial deals. And both of those things kind of work together in some ways. So find your value, 
and create your value. Create your value. Find it and create. I mean, everyone has something they kind of like, but create your create your value that'll differentiate you, and uh, don't just look to mastermind. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's why I did got my real estate license and like I said about no competition that's why I'm not a realtor like everybody's a realtor you know why would I want to just be another of 13,000 realtors in Austin or Texas whatever probably Austin I think um, I want to be a realtor that knows about wholesaling syndicating commercial brokerage owns properties lends money knows how to borrow hard money has connections all those things then you really differentiate yourself so that's the other thing is differentiate yourself Find how you can be unique. Cool. Love it. All right. Well, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we really enjoy doing this, and hopefully you guys find value. If you have time, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, let us know any thoughts. We're trying to uh, uh, have these discussions based on what's valuable and what you need. That's why we had this talk. Blake, congrats again, man. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Get after it. Don't mastermind, but add value for people. Differentiate yourself and just go get it. Appreciate you guys. See you guys next week.